Welcome to the Monday podcast. Rather like kindness, gentleness isn't an obviously attractive word. Forgive me for this, but it feels to me feminine. It's the kind of word you'd attribute to a nursing mother. Look how gentle she is with her baby. And the old children's hymn, I don't think, quite captured the idea of the king of kings and the lord of lords, the judge of the living and the dead, when it says, gentle Jesus, meek and mild, thou was once a little child. As a characteristic of the fruit of spirit, gentleness isn't highly valued in our society today. But actually, it never has been. If you go back 2,000 years, it was despised. It wasn't one of the heroic virtues. Real men were neither gentle nor humble. They were strong, powerful, dominant. They boasted about how great they were. They didn't hold back in telling others, why does my mind go to Donald Trump? Everything he does is meant to project power and success. He's not slow at telling others how great he is. And that kind of super-masculine ideal has always been very popular. Growing up in the 1970s, I wanted to be the manly hero in the movies, the one who snapped his fingers with an effortless cool, and others did what he said, who put people down with a few well-chosen words, who was capable of all sorts of single combat techniques, who could just blast the bad guys out of sight. And then I went to Sunday school, Gentle Jesus, meek and mild. Yes, but you're just a dinosaur, Upton. The young boys of today are taught to be modern men, and modern men are gentle. They serve in the home. They take on roles like cooking and child-rearing, and those things are great, I know that. But I'd still argue that gentleness isn't one of the things that young men, or actually young women for that matter, long for in their lives. The truth is, though, that if you understand gentleness properly, it is a wonderful characteristic. One definition I've come across is strength under control. It's what you see in most professional athletes. They're incredibly strong and, and powerful, highly trained, but they use that strength only in their sport. So what you see is Jesus Christ comes to his arrest, his trial and crucifixion. When he was arrested, he could have called down 12 legions of angels to protect him, but he didn't. When he was facing trial before the Jewish and then Roman courts, he could have answered every charge with a glorious put down, but he mostly remained silent. When they were nailing him to the cross, he could have called down curses on his enemies, but he prayed for his father to forgive them. And in the midst of his agony on the cross, he thought of the needs of his mother and entrusted her to the care of one of his disciples. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 23 captures it. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. All of his power and might And strength was being focused on one thing and one thing only, rescuing you and me. That's gentleness. 
And that's what we're to imitate. But when I say imitate, I, I, I mean, it is to come from our hearts. It's not to be a mask that we wear. I, I read about a guy, um, a Christian leader, I think, who describes himself as a careful and controlled person. So when he disciplined his son or spoke to his wife, he said he weighed his words carefully. But one day his wife picked him up on his attitude. It's true, she said, you don't shout at us. But I can see the irritability and anger in the look on your face and in the tone of your voice. Gentleness, or for that matter, actually any of the aspects of the fruit of the Spirit, are not masks that we wear. They are heart attitudes. So when we say that gentleness is strength under control, what we mean is it is under control of the Holy Spirit. We need to ask God to cultivate these things in us, not to simply try harder. And as leaders, gentleness is particularly important. Let me ask you this. When you think of the most outspoken Christian leaders, the the most blogged, the most celebrated, the most published, the most followed, is gentleness among the most notable things among them? Instead, some Christian leaders simply ape the culture around. They bark out orders. They're critical. They put others down. They write caustic things on, on their blogs. If they're criticized, then they simply ramp up the, ingre- the aggression or increase it. And worse, a lot of our churches want leaders like this because it looks powerful and impressive. It's just like all the other leaders around us. Whereas actually it just makes our churches quarrelsome, unkind and resentful. No, we are to set an example of gentleness. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. When we challenge those who are caught in sin, he reminds us in Galatians chapter 6, verse 1, You who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. When we're opposed by others and need to teach them, we are to gently instruct, Paul says in 2 Timothy chapter 2. Titus is to be peaceable and considerate, always gentle toward everyone. And when we're speaking to people who are not yet Christians or engaging with people of other faiths, Peter says we're to be prepared to give an answer, but to do this with gentleness and respect. Strength under control. You see, whether you like it or not, people are watching you. They're learning from the way you interact with them and others. Are they learning to prize gentleness? Let's make a point of asking God to cultivate this aspect of the fruit of the Spirit in us and in our church family. Strength under control. Thank you.